Human design is an amalgamation of several facets of spirituality. The I Ching, astrology, chakras, Kabbalah, all combine beautifully into one system. Mary Rose and Mary Letitia have been exploring their own designs for the last year. This podcast is an extension of that exploration. Come learn, laugh, and grow with us as we become Guided by Design. Hi. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am ready to start a day of combination productivity and being lazy as fuck. (laughs) I feel like I got my first full night's sleep in what feels like a week. I'm sure it's not that dramatic, but man, if I don't get at least six hours, I really am a zombie. And if I do that three days in a row... I feel like the walking dead for real. So I feel great this morning. Good. Well, that's excellent. I had dreams last night and I think in my dream, I remember someone I had said like happy anniversary. And then someone had made the comment. It was some other, this is what's so wild to me is that it was like some other type of anniversary in like a different religion. Like I think of like a com- the anniversary of someone making a different commitment in a like Hindu religion. I don't know if this is true. This is what my dream said. And what what struck me today was being ashamed of being corrected happened in my dream. (laughs) Like I was annoyed in my dream that someone had the audacity (laughs) my well wishes of a happy anniversary. That's how my day started out today was waking up realizing I may be just as I'm, I might have a need just to be right also in my dreams as much as I am in my waking life. <laughs> well, it is, it is in your soul, literally. It truly is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. How has your week gone? What have you been listening to? I'll let you go first. Oh, well, Discovery of Witches, keeping up on that, which has been fabulous. I, I feel like I want to write an essay. Oh, a my, book report. Back in high school. Um, but other than that, of course, I, I listened to I Saw this week, which is always fabulous. And then I seen a comment on Instagram about how they could be talking about dish soap and we'd still love them and want to listen anyway. And it's the truth. They are the first podcast that I absolutely reviewed. The first episode, I gave them a five-star review and made a comment. I have never done that to any podcast ever. I'm not a reviewer and I'm not a commenter and I should become that because I'm now a podcaster, but um, I just have to say like, they're just so fabulous. Like their chemistry is great. They have a great relationship. I just, I love them. I agree. I started listening, but I, I was really tired when I started listening and I, knew I needed to be able to give them my full attention because I also had read that review. And I'm like, if they're talking about dish soap, I need to be awake. <laughs> present. They and need you, to my full attention. 
And you never want to fall asleep while you're listening to them because then you have to go back and figure out, well, wait, I will just listen again, but it's still very, I get mad at myself because I'm like, now I have to go find it because it's not on my list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So I started listening to that and then I had uh, told you and you're listening this morning. I even heard to the episode of the podcast expanded. So for our listeners, oh, first of all, I'm Mary Rose. And I'm Mary Letitia. <laughs> We're going to get in a better habit of saying who we are. Um, the very first podcast where I heard about human design was the podcast called Expanded. So that is where human design came into my life was through that podcast. And it was, you know, it's a manifestation podcast. I don't really necessarily listen to it for the manifestation aspects anymore. But I saw that they had Mel Robbins, uh, the creator of the five second rule on, and she's talking about her new book. And so I don't know, I think that the topic was made me curious. So I decided I would give it a listen. And it's fantastic. It makes me really excited to read her new book. Um, because what she's talking about is something that I'm very passionate about, which is how do we um, break chains of perfectionism and things like that. And it, her solution to this, I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but it, her solution is so simple, so elegant, and yet so rooted in like true science and things like that, that I'm just like, I love it. I'm, I can't, I can't wait to read her book about this. So it immediately made me think about when we were trying to get people on board with getting up at 5am, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I thought to myself, I feel so many of these things that she's listing, like, how do I do this? How do I get up every morning? How do I, and it's because of my commitment to you versus my commitment to myself. Mm -hmm. And so I really thought that that was a profound thing for me to realize while I was listening to this and why maybe I'm having a harder time with all the other little things. Because even if I make a commitment to you about these other little things, um, I don't really have to see your face. You know what I mean? Until, until the next day. And then you can ask me about it. But like the commitment of getting up every morning and getting my ass out of bed and starting my day well has everything to do with my commitment to you versus my commitment to myself. So that's just something I really have to, you know, dig into and evaluate. And I'm excited to read her book too. Well, and I think that that's exactly it is like, how do we start falling in love with ourselves if we've, if we haven't been cultivating that relationship for our lives, you know, if, if our, our commitment in our relationship with ourselves is usually the last relationship that we work on mm -hmm. um, because we're so busy trying to work with all of our other relationships, be a support, give to other people before we give to ourselves. And I just, I think that is absolutely true. And I think that that's a really good point. And I think that's what I'd love to, to have your help into digging into is how do we, how do we create something that, that makes us want to do that for ourselves because it's easy to do it for someone else, but that's not going to keep us doing it past the point. If we, st if, if, you know, heaven forbid, if I died, would you completely stop getting up at 5 a.m.? and stop committing to the daily habits and things that you have. 
if it relies on another person, then, you know, that, that, that could just as easily go away if that other person goes away. How do we build those systems for ourselves? Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know, good, good. We've got our reviews in for what we've been listening to. So it's probably a good idea to get started on our topic today, um, which is, Emotional authority. We're going to really start talking about the authorities here for the next few weeks. So hopefully you're curious and you want to learn more about your authority. Um, I didn't really prepare research or notes for this. I'm just, I'm just going to be shooting from the hip on emotional authority because, <laughs> because it's my authority. Because we live it every single day. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I'm probably not going to prepare much for notes because this is this is my life <laughs> it's your life it's my life and so um with emotional authority we are riding a wave and so the the wave is something that is the most common referred to analogy for emotional authority and it's something that um you know, Mary and I, we've talked about previously when we've had other episodes about, about this specifically. So talking about a wave, you know, the science of waves, I'm not a waveologist or anything, but that we have the high point of the wave, which is the crest. I like to rule my R and then the low point being the trough. And that is um, just, you know, the anatomy of a wave is there's a high point, there's a low point. And the science is, is that, you know, obviously as waves come up and then they, they kind of, when you watch surfing, we watch a lot of surfing at my house. There's a whole channel about surfing is that um, they crash. And as they move into shore, you, you've hit the, there's the high and the low, and then it evens out. So you kind of have the experiences of highs, lows, and then as time goes on, as time drives that wave in, it evens out. And then that, of course, becomes kind of the analogy for we experience the highs of our emotions. This is all driven by the solar plexus. So it's our it's our feeling center, the highs, the lows, and then clarity is what comes as the wave moves into shore. Sorry, I took a sip of my coffee. So how does this feel to you, Mary, since we're, we're kind of on this topic and we're going to talk a little bit about how this shows up for two people with emotional authority? Well, um, since I've been exploring human design and I found kind of out about this, it makes me make sense of a lot of, of those waves. Um, I, I've been experiencing those emotional waves my whole life without really understanding what it is about and why it's important and how to ride it through um, until I am on an even surface, I guess. I think that there's a lot, and I just, I think that this is maybe a contextual point is that as women and as emotional beings, we have been, you know, emotions have been weaponized against women for centuries um that you know i think that the 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 running joke of why a woman couldn't be president is we don't want someone some highly emotional being to have access to 
nuclear weapons. And it's kind of a big ha ha joke um, amongst men in power that, you know, if a woman were to, to be in charge like that, that we'd be at the whim of all of her emotionality and which is um, it's bullshit. I mean, just for the record, it is bullshit. Women are not going to be more prone to war than as we've seen um, men have <laughs> because historically we haven't been starting or continuing the wars so far. So <laughs> quit, quit, quit putting that on us. That's not, that's not us at all. Um, but yeah, I think that we've been, our emotions have been weaponized and it's like, Oh, you're too emotional. And there is like, I feel like do you cry when you get really super angry. Are you an angry crier? Yes. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be repeating myself here, but yes. Um, <laughs> especially as a child. And when I couldn't express why I was frustrated or angry or what was frustrating me, it, I would cry about like immediately. And my father weaponized that when I was a child against me. So I really do feel like as I've gotten older and matured, I've been able to control that more, but I still feel all of the things that right before I cry, like through my body when I get frustrated or I get angry. Mm -hmm. um, my son has emotional authority also. And that has been for, for boys, especially, you know, I think that that can be a very, um, it can be very damaging to is with this, this mentality of a, that boys don't cry and that crying is for babies. And um, he gets, when he gets really frustrated, especially like sometimes I'll just use like the dog as the, as the example. So the dog, sometimes the dog, frankly, just doesn't like the kids as much as she likes me. And Coulter loves dogs. He wants to play with her, but she doesn't want to be played with. She's old. She's kind of an old bitch. And so sometimes she'll, he'll just be reaching down to pet her. And somehow there's something about that that she doesn't like, and she'll get snarly with him. And I usually do get after him because I'm like, well, maybe she doesn't like what you're doing. Maybe you should probably just adjust or maybe just leave her alone. And he reached down to pet her one day and she got snarly with him. And I looked at him and he just like burst into tears because he's like, I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm like, well, you're crying because you're upset. And, you know, obviously I, it's, it's understandable that you want the dog to like you and the dog obviously, obviously does not like you. Um, but you know, I'm like, but if you need to cry, that's okay. You, you should cry because honestly, I'd rather you cry than get frustrated with the dog. I'd rather you cry than hit. I'd rather you cry than do just about anything else that would be um, a way to express those emotions, but do so negatively. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big, um, he, you know, he's getting older. He definitely does regulate his emotions a lot better, but I think he's even said like he's cried at school when he's gotten frustrated and I'm like, well, okay, that's okay. If anyone talks shit about it, dude, you just tell me, like, I will have a conversation with their mother that you don't make fun of a boy who cries when he's frustrated because then you're going to find yourself with a boy who hits when he's frustrated or breaks things when he's frustrated yeah. or yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. no, I, don't, I don't, I don't put up with that. That's, that's to me, 
I'd, I'd rather anyone cry than feel that it's okay to um, inflict pain or, or anything like that to, to be able to release their emotions. And it is a release. We need that relief. Um, it's super important because that's how our body is designed to regulate. It's designed to just like with pressure, when you, when there's pressure on something, you know, it needs to be released somehow. And when you don't release pressure, what happens, you know, what becomes you the, explode. <laughs> you explode. Exactly. Um, so for decision-making, our authority becomes this thing where we aren't really supposed to, emotional authority is not a fast, reliable answer. Emotional authority really is, <laughs> it takes time. And if you're an, an impatient person by nature, that can be really frustrating. Yeah, it really can. And I, I'm really not sure I would have been capable of, capable of this in my 20s because I really have gained a lot of patience in the last 20 years um, because I'm not a very patient person in general. And taking that emotional authority wave ride before making a decision is important, but also very hard to do. It's very hard to do. And, it, you know, especially because people, we, we kind of live also, again, we talk about a lot of the societal expectations and conditioning because, you know, society has conditioned us to think that we have to have a fast answer to any question when it comes up. Um, and it's just, it's not, I think that that's, you're absolutely right. Like we didn't, I didn't have the capability of doing this when I was younger because um, I also was out of tune with listening to my body's response to things. What does my body tell me I should be doing? Does my body react negatively to this idea of doing this thing? Am I ignoring? I mean, of course we ignore so much of our body reaction because, um, if our body tells us no, and it's something we have to do, uh, then, you know, we just have to kind of push through that. And it, it feels like a luxury sometimes to be able to listen to your body response and actually honor it. Um, what do you, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, once you said listening to your body, yeah, that's still something that I struggle with, but I am learning more about um, as, as we grow in this journey. Um, the emotional wave for me really is a body response in most cases and writing that out um, and not using my mouth to really really um, screw things up in the process has been a really weird journey for me because I really do sometimes feel like I have to respond, like I have to respond to what's going on and my body's telling me not to and that I, you know, to wait. And if I don't listen to it, I can watch things implode in front of me. Like I can just see it happening almost now because I've done it so many times. 
Well, it's like you can see the words coming out and you're like, and you literally, you see them land like little, like little grenades differently. Mm -hmm. and it's like when you give yourself time and we've had a few situations just with, within our own relationship, within relationships with other people where we have um, seen what happens when the, when reaction is instant rather than responding, you know, giving yourself time to respond, identifying if like for myself, if I feel invited to actually make a response, a lot of times, like I look at communication now very differently. The way that people communicate with me, I look at so, so differently than I used to, because now I am looking at it as if someone sends me a text message, let's just say you send me a text message and you say, I love this thing. Good. I have no nothing there. If I were a generator, I would have nothing to respond to there. Or maybe I would. Maybe that would be if that if that lights me up, that would be enough to respond and engage. For me, though, I'm I'm waiting for an invitation. If someone says, I love this thing. Great. Good for you. Um, if someone says, do you love it, too? Have you seen it? Are you watching it? Um, then that gives me the invitation to say, oh, uh, you know, I haven't watched that yet. I'd love, I've heard great things. So it's, I do, and I, I take it a little literally, but I think that also taking it literally is following my strategy and my authority. If someone sends me something and it creates a body response, like a trauma response, and I had a little bit of this over the summer listening, or I, I was, I'd get a text message from someone and it would, it would trigger a response like I was in a fight. These were loving, kind messages that were triggering in me the feeling like my body was in a fight. And it really required me to dig around and feel my way through it and decide how I wanted to show up and engage with this person, but but not immediately. Sometimes, and even with within recently, I had a situation and I told Mary, I'm like, I'm going to send this message. And I'd given it some thought, but then I, I decided against it. And so I, I let her know, I'm like, actually, I'm not sending it at all. And not sending it at all was the right move. Not sending it at all turned out, rather than communicating what I felt I needed to communicate, not sending it at all left the door open for things to breathe and things to, you know, my, my words have a tendency sometimes to, I don't want to say hurt, but I, I am proud of the fact that I can communicate so clearly in written form, but at times that writing can be so clear. It's like a razor's edge. It's so sharp that it is, it can, it can, it can draw blood emotionally. So I, I think that that's the other part is that allowing myself really a lot more time to wait, like sometimes up to a week, like sometimes you got to let something really sit sometimes even a month. I mean, who knows, but I usually find that my own wave, I can usually reach clarity in about a week. Some things, some things take two weeks and some things take a month. <laughs> And I think, you know, you're going through, uh, you know, your own situation right now that you've reached clarity and the clarity is that there is no, 
need to respond and that there isn't, and, and you know, that, that can be in and of itself. It's so hard not to have the last word sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> when was, I guess, let, let's use one practical example. When was a, a, a time that you had used your emotional authority for a big decision um, that you can recall and kind of the outcome to it. We'll just like use a real tangible example and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I would say final decision on going to vacation at the end of this month. Um, so I that was had, my example too. <laughs> was it? So, I mean, really trying to, um, I, I had said that I wasn't going to go and then I was like, okay, give it a few days. And I did, I gave it a week and I rode that emotional authority out and I was like, yes, I, I am going to go ahead and make the decision to go ahead and go because I know that um, it's an experience that I really want to, I want to have. So I'm not going to let other things um, stop that from happening. I think that that is, yeah, that's, a lot of it. And, and I also want to be kind of clarifying here that this isn't like change. It's not mind driven. I think that a lot of times that we might think that it's our brain that we're, we're allowing our brain to do the, the, the heavy lifting when it comes to our decision-making, but with emotional authority, it's really not about the brain. Yes. Your brain is involved and both of us have, you know, d definition in both our crown and our Ajna. So our mind is taking information or our, our, our centers are taking information and they are transmuting it. You know, they're transforming it. They're, they're kind of putting it into different configurations so that we can see the potential outcomes of those, but it's really not mind driven. It's not like I'm making a pros and cons list. No. And, and I don't want to interrupt you, but at the same time, like I wasn't going to respond back to this. And in a week, Josh literally sent me a text that needed a yes or no answer. And my gut said yes. And I immediately responded. And I really did make the final decision with that body response, that absolute, I had already been thinking about it through the week, but I hadn't decided that I was going to respond at all. So and I just I, thought that that was interesting. Yeah. And sometimes it's kind of important too, that, that someone, you know, it's not to say put pressure on people with emotional authority, but you know, our, if, if you do need us to make a decision, give us a deadline and say like, this needs to be decided by this, this date. And I'm, I'm really good about asking that of people is like, if, when do you need to know by, when do you need to have an answer by, because I want to give my body enough time to really feel it out. And then, you know, I've even told people like, Hey, can you check back with me? Do me a favor, check back with me. Um, and you know, I've got good friends. I've got great friends that under, that understand my woo woo-ness a little bit better and they honor that. And they're like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll text you back here in a few weeks and we'll, we'll reconvene and, you know, figure it out from there because sometimes I'm not capable of making the decision right away, but I, I still want to be invited and included. So that's been kind of my go-to is to say, 
you know, I'd love to, but I can't decide right now. Can you go ahead? Would you be willing to ask me again? And if they're not, if they're like, no, okay, cool. Well, decisions made then no, thank you. Um, like even with my, my friend that took me to go get pedicures, she's like, um, she asked me if I wanted to go the weekend of my anniversary. And I'm like, well, I want to give my husband an opportunity to disappoint me before I go making any plans. Um, I said, you know, let me just, I'm going to give him the chance to, I didn't want to bug him and be like, what are we doing for our anniversary? So I'm like, this is what's going on. Um, Can you, you know, can you check with me next weekend? Can you just text me again? And and by then I should have some awareness of what's going to be happening. She was like, cool, no problem. Thank you. And my toes are still gorgeous from, from our pedicure. We had such a nice time going and getting that pedicure. All right. Well, do we feel like we've, we've uh, kind of covered most of the bases of emotional authority this morning? I feel like we have. I guess we'll know. We'll know when we go back and edit it. We had a little bit of a dead spot in there. So we'll, We'll probably make sure that that gets taken care of. I'm sure that if Mary was talking and I couldn't hear her, then everyone gets to hear it maybe twice, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it comes out in post. You know, we don't have a fancy editor. It's just, it's me. I'm the editor. (laughs) All right. So we actually, um, as of this episode, we do have a new Instagram handle to find us at it is the guided by design dot podcast so you can find us there um i will try to get into a much better habit about posting every monday when a new episode has gone up with the topic of the episode so people know what they're tuning in for um we recorded this episode right before i think that this would be our 30th but i think that we want to do like a special episodes. So this might be one of those ones that we have on lock, but maybe have a little something, something in between so that we can honor, honor ourselves for doing this for so long. I'm so proud of us. This was a commitment we made at the beginning of 2021. Um, And I just, this feels like one of those things that we made a decision we figured out how to make it work. This has been absolute grassroots. We've learned as we've gone. We've learned about each other. We've learned about human design. We've learned about podcasting. And this is like my favorite thing to look forward to every week. Me too. Me too. Me too. And I really love going back and listening to our episodes and being able to give you all the notes for editing and for the, the actual notes. And I, I really love it. I, I enjoy it. And I'm so proud of us for committing to it, doing it and not giving up. Well, I think that that should be maybe what we talk about for our 30th episode is our, maybe we just toot our own horns. It can be like just a horn toot. How's that? <laughs> All right. So go find us guided by design podcast on Instagram. You can email us your questions, your thoughts, if you want to talk about, if you want to get interviewed, any of those things, email us at marysmentors at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And what's the other thing that we have to ask them to do? Rate, review, and subscribe. Ka-ching. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.